Uh, we had some friends come into town from New York, so we kind of... It's oh. been fun when we have friends coming to go do some more touristy type stuff, went to a museum. Totally. Excuse me, the Harvard Museum of Natural History has, like, all these, um, like, dinosaur bones and stuff like that, and they've got, like, stuffed... It's, like, probably, like, 200 stuffed animals of, of like, all kinds of different animals from all over the world, Weird. which is gross, but also really interesting to see, like, animals you hadn't seen before, <laughs> so... Truth. That'd be an interesting... It, it actually kind of reminds me of that uh, freak show, that um, museum that you walk oh. through, or that they have at the, you know, at the beginning, that's kind of the premise for the flashback, where, like, you see all the weird stuff in jars. There was exactly. a little bit of that. Um, some strange specimens and different things that you wouldn't expect. Although these were just animals and some bugs and things too. But was yeah, Dennis O'Hare the curator? He was involved with the museum, but no, the um, the curator was somebody else that made a that was in a different. She's a lady. Come back. Yeah, she was a woman. She was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Anyway, let's go ahead and kick things this thing off. What do you say? All right, let's do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. Hola, mis amigos. Sorry, this hey, is everybody. so delayed. Yeah, obviously, as you know, we're coming at you a few, or a couple more than a few days late, but we're going to catch you in your ears right before, I think, probably uh, Tuesday's episode, which will be kind of fun, maybe, you know, it'll give you something to listen to, ramping up to Tuesday, but uh, Chris had a reporting trip he had to go out on, and you know, that always has to take precedent um, over our fun reviews of American Horror Story, as fun as it is, and as much as we like chatting about it with you guys. Totally. If uh, if it had just been the regular work trip planned, it would have been fine, we would have had something up a day or two late, but... Uh, this earthquake thing happened, and that kind of <laughs> shook things up a little bit. Yeah, he was in Mexico City. Um, so, you know, we're wishing all our listeners in not just Mexico City, but geez, Puerto Rico and everywhere else, um, hope everybody's safe. and Absolutely. Uh, you know, hopefully you get a little respite from everything, finding some, some time or some place to watch some American Horror Story. And hopefully we can yep. provide that here. Um, so without further ado, before we start diving into episode three... Um, which was called uh, something about the neighbors. I still have in my notes the episode neighbors name from of episode hell two up. Neighbors from hell. Na- oh no, never mind. I have it right here. Neighbors from hell, directed by Gwyneth Horter Payton and written by James Wong. Which I think yep. this director was a uh, former Walking Dead director. But anyway, um, excited to dig into that with you guys. But before we begin, as always, uh, we encourage you to check us out on Facebook.com slash This American Horror Story. And that's also, you know, if we're going to have a delay in a podcast, that's where we'll post it. So if you ever want to check that. Um, You can also email us at ThisAmericanHorrorStory at gmail.com. And of course, please rate us, review us on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Um, Before we dig into uh, a couple more general things before this specific episode, always i got to kick it off with whatever you're drinking after a very long week of running back and forth all over the place. Truth. I drank a lot of tequila in Mexico, um, which was interesting because I'm not a tequila drinker, Um, but I really liked it. It was good. That's not what I'm drinking right now. (laughs) I'm actually having a Fire Rock Pale Ale from uh, Kona Brewing Company because that's all that was in the fridge when I got home from the airport like 15 minutes ago. 
Oh yeah, we're on this like right away. So kudos to Chris for that. <laughs> um, what are you drinking? Ah, I love tequila too. Uh, I'm drinking a, a beer from New York, an IPA from New York. Some uh, my friend from New York came up this weekend and brought me some beers. So I actually, um, I'll have to get back to this tomorrow. I'm gonna pull out my bourbon and cider because that's my traditional AHS drink and. Hopefully, it'll start actually feeling like fall here soon instead of I know, being sweltering all across the country. Yeah, it was like I feel 94. like Amer- yeah, American Horror Story. I feel like I always associate with like cooler, creepy fall temperatures. So mm-hmm. and a, hopefully, like we'll that, get to that, that soon. That that uh, September October smell too. Exactly, exactly. Oh, speaking of which, we have an episode I believe on Halloween Day this year. Oh I think because Tuesday is an, uh, is Halloween, and I think the season will go all the way. I'm, we're going to have to double-check that, because that would be pretty badass. It's going to be close. It might even be the finale. Oh, shit. Oh, gosh. All right. We're going to have to look that <laughs> one up. Um, okay, before we begin, online, uh, on Facebook and through email, we had a lot of cool, interesting thoughts and speculation. I want to share a couple of things. Um, we had a pretty good conversation going on Facebook about what Kai's fear is, if he has a fear, because um, that was something we kind of discussed last time, and obviously his... Uh, what he talks about in the meeting with the city council and everything is that those who don't have any fear are, you know, the kind of alphas. But at the same time, I do kind of feel like it would be an irony if he has some hidden fear that eventually comes out. There were some people that said maybe humiliation is his fear, but at the same time, he seems to kind of thrive on humiliation. And so I'm not sure if that will get ex- exposed more as kind of things go on. I think we're about to get into some episodes that dig into more backstory on Kai and Winter, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, you have any thoughts on that? No, I agree. That's I, I'm. I want to see where we roll into with his character and his personality, and a little bit more of his backstory. Totally. We also have lots of th- theories we're revolving or um, Oz rolling in. You know, we have. I think I'd thrown out there that he's potentially Tate's son, Tate and Vivian's son from season one. Right. Um, we also had some people suggest potentially he's Kai's son. Maybe Kai was the sperm donor. Uh, and that could be a role in there as well. And then I've even had, I think we had some comments come in that, you know, Oz is the Antichrist. And that's somehow they were able to establish that. Although we were told there wasn't going to be any supernatural kind of elements in this. Yeah, that might season. be a stretch right now. That said, I will say that the bookcases, someone else mentioned the bookcases too. The bookcases in Ivy and Allie's house look like a gateway to hell the way they're, but like, arced above the. It's um, yeah, it's very Tim Burton esque to me. It is. It's a little off putting. There's something weird about it. Um, and I want to talk. There was a lot of Ivy. Is she in on it or is she not there? I want to talk about yeah. that when we get into this episode. Um, we had Amy on Facebook mention mention all the the um, nature names: Winter, Meadow, Ivy, Rosie, which I thought was kind of interesting and I hadn't put together before. Um, right. Do you have any take on that? Why Ooh, why nature that's names? Good. I'm not sure. I have to think about that a little bit more. I have noticed that. I they did seem like weird names to me. Not weird mm-hmm. names, but um, just very, um, just these kind of like fun literary names that you might have in, you know, more whimsical stories. But I don't. Outside of that, I'll have to think. Do you have any ideas? The only thing I could think of was nature, human nature. Talking about fear being part of uh, human okay. nature. That seems like maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. I feel like. We've got to learn a little bit more before I'm committed to that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the cold open. We we see this Rosie who has clythrophobia, fear being trapped uh, right. in things. Sounds like it came from an experience when she was a kid when she was trapped in a cupboard. Um, obviously, this is another conversation with Dr. Rudy Vincent, Cheyenne Jackson. And a couple interesting things that I wanted to point out from this opening scene. Uh, Rudy R- Vincent references systematic desensitization, or desensitization, 
desensitization, which sounds an awful lot like what Kai has kind of been saying um, about, you know, inoculating to f- people to fear. And I think that Winter uses those same words when she's talking to Oz at one point. Right, in showing him all those one, murder two. videos. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, obviously, as soon as Rosie is supposedly cured, we go home and she gets thrown into a... Her and her husband get thrown into coffins. A coffin. And she, I guess, I assume she dies. She's left in there. Yeah. And, Later on, they um, deal with the news report, or they see a news report, I think Allie and Ivy do, about a couple who were found partially decomposed in their homes. So I think what that also tells us is that some time has passed, you know? Yeah. Because I, I don't think there's been any direct references to exactly how long it has been since the election. So, I mean, obviously, the election takes place in November. So maybe we're looking at... I don't know. I don't know how long it takes a body to decompose. I was gonna say, I don't know, early because we're there also in Michigan, and I don't feel like we're seeing that much snow. I feel like maybe there's a little bit of snow here and there in an episode. So maybe it's in the spring. I'm no, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know our time frame here or, or season or what's going on. Besides November, I'm not sure. Yeah, if anybody knows the exact timeline, go ahead and, and send us a comment or something because I do have a note on that when we get back to the preview for next episode, which I think is more of a flashback episode. Um, so that might provide some additional insight as well. Um, also, I wanted to say, obviously this leads us to believe... Well, so I think there's two ways to go with this. Either Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk are throwing red herrings at us in the form of suspicious things that Ivy does, suspicious things that you know Rudy Vincent does. But or they're red herrings, and I think it's it's kind of up for debate. But some of it seems pretty obvious. I mean, with Rosie getting thrown in that coffin like immediately after, you know, Dr. Rudy Vincent said she's been healed and uses Kai's kind of exact words and phrasing yep. in his speech to her. Yeah, um, that seems quite suspicious. Yeah, I mean, after the cold open, I was fairly certain that Rudy has to be in on it, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, then later we see him fingering those like smiley face buttons which i mean don't directly say anything about him being involved in the clown um you know the clown mob or cult but at the same time it seems like a symbolic hint especially when we see these smiley faces being spray painted on people's houses right exactly yeah he he's very familiar with it and the way he handles ally later on at home is kind of odd i don't know i'm i'm or uh, um over the phone i mean mhm and what another recurring American Horror Story theme to have yet another therapist who is not exactly what they seem. Yep, exactly. Uh, obviously, we had Bloody Face Dr. Threadson in Asylum. Um, and Ben um, Harmon from Season 1 was also a therapist. That's I guess right. he wasn't... He's. I guess he wasn't... I don't know if you describe him as not what he seems in the sense that he was, like, evil. But he was deceptive to his family. Right, right, yeah. He was off a little bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, and then he got kind of possessed, too. So, hmm. Anyway, <laughs> interesting commentary about therapists there, maybe. So we know, I was like, yeah, we know how Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk feel about uh, therapists. Yeah, exactly. And then we dive into the political very quickly here. Allie is saved by the state, you know, we ended last season, or last episode with kind of the cliffhanger of her shooting Pedro and is quickly saved by the... Michigan State state save or stand your ground law, which um, obviously we know Florida has a stand your ground law because of the whole George Zimmerman Trayvon Martin uh, incident. Not incident. I mean, yeah. 
it's pretty hot button um, and has, since has only become more hot button. So we're obviously diving in the political very much here. And that's why yep. you end up seeing the protesters and you see Kai get involved in all that too. Right. Allie's yeah. called a lesbian, or I didn't, she, doesn't she get called a lesbian George Zimmerman, I think, by one of She's the protesters the, or something? Yeah, known as the lesbian George Zimmerman. <laughs> or maybe Billy Eichner even says that. I hey, if remember. people don't remember, George Zimmerman um, was the guy who shot Trayvon Martin. Um, he was like lead or head of the neighborhood watch and he shot him and Trayvon Martin was unarmed. Right. And I think that we're obviously digging further into the race aspect that we had kind of discussed a little bit in last episode and kind of leading up to this in terms of, you know, obviously Pedro being a character and him kind of getting blamed for the murder at the restaurant. When Allie actually is kind of the one who really completed the murder. We don't know who. I mean, we presume it was the clown cult, but we don't really know who killed right. the sous chef. It is odd. Allie is the one who's been around for both these uh, killings. Yeah, exactly. And these, you know, situations continue to expose her hypocrisy when she says some, you know, she's on the phone with Dr. Rudy Vincent and says, do you understand the pains of someone like me being called a racist? You know, that's not the pains of Pedro and his family who right. are now right. dealing, you know. Without having a family with or this dad. horrible atrocity. Yeah. I think they said he had three kids or something like that. Um, and then we have Kai. I'm curious what you think of Kai's motives here. Because he's approaching Allie as a friend who is living her truth. And, you know, he he seems like maybe he's trying to turn her into one of his own. Or I'm wondering if his... What exactly is he trying to get her to come around to? What's his agenda? Um, it almost, I, cause the way he, he says to her something along the lines that I'll get rid of this mob. And then the way they disperse when they surround her car later, it almost yeah. makes you wonder if he somehow is responsible for planting the mob, which would also be very, um, relevant at this point in time when we've had accusations of paid protesters and like fake protesters and stuff being thrown about. Oh yeah, I agree. I, w- I would not be surprised if we learned that, uh, they're all plants that were paid there by, um, by uh kai and yeah i mean especially when we forget the protest scene um it's it's kind of great like it's i i or not ivy ali is just like clearly at at every episode she's at wit's end she's about to break and i think kai knows this and he's using that for some reason that i still don't understand why she's so important to break and then i'm assuming recruit to his cult or whatever he's doing um i I, and and i think he just knows exactly how to play her he gets smarter and and more wise about how to play this calculated how to play these um these uh little tricks politics on on ali yeah but which is a little different than when we first met him early on in episode one where he was a bit like just kind of like this guy um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's he's more conniving I, than he's kind of hinted at at the beginning, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like when Allie yells, "I'm not the enemy. I'm not the enemy. I'm one of you." <laughs> to the protesters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that you hit on a really interesting point, which is you know, that is kind of the key to it. Is why is why is Allie so important? Why would they go to this extent to do all this stuff to her? And it does it have something to do with her son Oz? Does it have? Something to do with her being represent like a representation of you know hypocrisies, um, and I think you know we had some interesting conversations on Facebook and things with people talking about her being kind of a symbol of white fragility, mm-hmm. you know, being very um, 
demonstrative and vocal and critical of others, but when they're being put in a spot that uh, forces them to stand up potentially or, or experience kind of the things that they are, you know, fighting to be in support of their kind of exercising yeah. white privilege in that sense or whatever, you know, or I've, and I thought about this this morning when I was on the plane. Um, so Allie, uh, you know, she's just, like we said, like this, uh, kind of liberal white woman who wants to be like supportive of everyone. Her name is Ally. Ally. She's an ally. Like that's like, oh, so yeah, who that's she good. is. She's like, I'm an ally for people of color. I'm an ally for the LGBTQ. I'm an ally, like, right? That's got to be, I think that's Doesn't she seem a little bit like the kind of person that would be like, I had black friends, you know, who would, like, point yeah. out, like, who would just make friends with somebody just because of their, so that way she could say she had diverse friends or something oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. You know? My favorite line in this whole episode is, which we'll get to probably, but, like, is, oh, we don't like cis-normative pet names when they're talking oh, about yeah, the hamster, talking. or the guinea pig. It was, this <laughs> oh, episode that, was so the, satirical. There were some really good lines, and this is when her say something like, you you don't have any pets. You just said you didn't have, couldn't have any yeah. pets. Why do you yeah. have that rule? <laughs> And 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 I like that. I was like, we have dander, or we're allergic to dander. Like we, like the universal we, like the whole family. It's like, oh, oh god, it was that was brilliant. I loved that. Yeah, we got some high level satire going on here, and definitely kind of some parody and things too. Uh, I want to talk about Ivy for a minute. Okay, Ivy is so quick to dismiss Pedro's death. Uh, you know, she's yeah, especially because she's such a defender of him in she episode set him two. There. Yeah. And then she's well, like, well, of course, feel guilty. Uh, yeah, she, she doesn't seem like really that worked up about the gun thing. She's like, well, of course you would have shot him. Who wouldn't have? It's like, <laughs> it's uh, okay. Yeah. People who turn the back porch light on. <laughs> right. Or yeah. And also why doesn't she, even if that being the case, she was the one who made the decision to send the guy to her wife's house. Who's going through like some crazy panic yeah. attacks. So a lot of evidence here to suggest that maybe Ivy isn't quite what she seems either. Um, I thought it was a very ominous the way she said to Allie after this you know you know can you live with it like can you live with having shot Pedro and I just feel like there's so many hints that make it seem like Ivy is somehow involved with somehow involved yeah but this is a really long play if they've been together since college yeah um I don't know it's very suspicious though it is especially like you have different like um little hints here like did you catch when Oz says that the parental password on the parental settings is clowns with a Z. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we had someone, a couple I, other yeah, people noticed that on Facebook too. And like you you have a, you kind of skip past it because there's a lot going on there. But you have a second where Allie looks at Ivy like, what the fuck? Why is yeah, that? exactly. You know, like, come on. You, you know, know I have a this. terror of clowns. So yeah, that was like a little weird. nugget slipped in. I don't know. Uh, and then I, this is great. And we'll talk about the chemical trucks well no let's talk about the chemical trucks now for here here for a yeah. second um first of all those things look like ghostbusters trucks yeah uh, with their with the like green bright light. green they look like yeah yeah um but you know we don't know what exactly is being sprayed but it does i mean we've been talking about gaslighting this is like almost like yeah. the, like physical manifestation of gaslighting talking about chemicals and different things in the air um I don't know. Do you have any idea what they're up to? We see the dead birds. Um, I was looking up online and saw the dead birds represent metaphysical death and change. That seems like a pretty obvious symbol, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I don't understand exactly what what's going on there. And are we assuming? Well, with um, sorry, with um, what's her name, uh, Meadow and Harrison. Like mm-hmm. we, we learn, or 
we assume through Allie that it's them that are doing all this stuff, but really, you know, do you think it could be the people who are doing the truck thing also? And spraying I mean, gases? W- yeah, totally. I mean, I think absolutely. And if assuming they're not one and the same, but obviously, you know, we learn more about their connection to Kai this episode, so it's hard to and then, suggest. But at I the mean, same time, it, I mean... I, do, I had the impression that Allie maybe didn't even, like, you know, like the clowns, like, is that truck really going down the street or is she just hallucinating it? Obviously, well, and that's the, this is the, it, totally, and, you know, there's there's obvious evidence that she's not gas lighting, being gaslit completely, because you do have, you know, people dying and different things going on, but there seems to be right. a lot of cover-ups on the one hand. Right. Um, you know, the chemicals were almost making me think of um, the character played by Cillian Murphy in Batman Begins. He's the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. He comes up with a chemical that induces fear in people. Do you remember that? Right. Yep. Yep. I remember that. First. Question I was kind of wondering if, yeah, because we had talked about you know there being some interesting things in which, like you know, in the bathtub scene with Winter and Allie, where like she dumps you know the. Some bath, bath chemicals in there. In there like, salts there being or whatever, poten- yeah. yeah, there being potential situations where they could be like chemically altering Allie's state of mind. And Ivy's so much pushing her to take the pills, take the pills, you know, she could switch out her pills take for something pill- else. I mean, yeah. do you think, I, and I've also like considered like her rose is getting spiked. Allie's. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was drinking rose again this episode, wasn't she? Like at the beginning at one point. I think I made a note of that somewhere too. Yep. I don't know. I think. I think that it's possible she's getting, you know, having, um, being poisoned in some way or another. I hope it's something nuanced like that, maybe less obvious, I don't know. But one thing I really hope it's not is just that she's the one who's actually doing it and there's some crazy thing going on, a la, um, or, um, Wesley, Wes Bentley? Wes Bentley's character in Hotel, you know, Hotel. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. I agree. Hopefully there's something a little more meaningful than just, oh, you're the killer the whole time. Oh, spoiler right. alert. Like, for split her personality. Oh. <laughs> I think we referenced last season all the time. If you're at this point, I think you're going to have to deal with spoilers for past seasons of this show, at least. Yeah. Uh, now, we skipped ahead to the chemical... Well, we're kind of skipping all around here because we're not really chronological. I just wanted to talk about some scenes and different things that cut me. Um, we see Adina Porter as Beverly Hope on the news. Uh, we, I think that next episode we're going to see some more of her. Her tone is so funny and nonchalant and like nonchalant about everything, which I, she would be fired so quick for the things she was saying as a reporter covering this, like this, this case or this series of murders or whatever you want to call it. Like she Mm -hmm. does, she never says allegedly. She like basically points the finger at Allie. I think she even has mentioned, she's the one who says, Oh, she's been called the lesbian George Zimmerman. Like you don't like, I don't know. She, obviously, yes, this is a TV show, but, like, I don't know. Again, how well, they sure, journalism we, in these shows is frustrating. Well, and we judge it from a specific point of view, and they've been critical of journalists before, but I have a feeling that's going to be an even bigger role this season. Follow, you know, politics right. being such a part of it, the sensationalism of, you know, 24-hour news fear. and local news and all this stuff, feeding fear. And I think it's actually going to play a big role in the next episode we see when we have a dynamic of some kind between Beverly Hope and uh, I think Emma Roberts kind of comes Emma into, Roberts, so we'll, right. we'll see a little yeah, bit I'm more ex- about that. I'm excited. 
I wanted to note one more thing that I thought was funny. The newscaster is Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, I saw. Uh, that. I was like, "What are you doing here, dude? That's awesome." Yeah, who? I mean, he's been in all sorts of different kind of romantic comedies and different things, but I think it's hilarious because it's uh, there's kind of like this ongoing joke that Dermot Mulroney and Mil- Dylan McDermott are the same guy. I don't know if you remember this oh, NSL, or SNL skit that. that was from a couple years. Yeah, there was an SNL skit from a couple years ago, which it was a game show, which was just basically Dermot. It was called. Dermot, or Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney question mark and it was just like you had to decide who it was because they've got ridiculous names and we That's, obviously have had Dylan McDermott in past seasons so I thought that was kind of funny that we had Dermot Mulroney that is clever I like that and I think we might be getting more of him next episode too if we're focusing more on the newscasters and that kind of thing right um, let's talk about for a minute about the um, symbolism of the smiley face graffiti uh, okay what do you think it represents? Are they like, is it like the dark mark? And, you know, are they these people that are going like to get Harry murdered Potter. or have some? Yeah. Or it kind of seems yeah, a little I bit mean, anarchist. It seems a little bit maybe um, you get hints of like Watchmen or, yeah, too. Ooh, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. And Which is going to be a new religious. HBO show, by the way. Interesting. Is it really? religious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, HBO. Hopefully it will be better than the movie. The movie wasn't very good. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's well suited for a show. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, the smiley face. Uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure exactly what I think about uh, its origin, but it, the Watchmen makes me think that. I mean, it's familiar to or it's similar to that. Um, it, it it is the mark of death in a way, like going back to like the Bible, like the pa- Passover and stuff, where then they painted blood on lamb's blood on the doors and they were saved. But this one is more of like uh, you will die if you have it. I'm not sure. Um, I, I assume it's like smiley face because of the clowns, but I haven't really delved too much further into why a smiley face as opposed to like an X or like a anarchy symbol or whatever. Well, what I, think? I think you make a point that I think it makes sense that a smiley face would be connected to the clowns. Also, you have it kind of playing off of you know technology and the spread like social media and stuff is such a common theme and this makes you think oh of things so you're like, saying like it's an know, emoji or an emoticon or an emoji yeah okay kind of too and you know it, it's a little bit more playful the way it's kind of smeared and it does kind of look like right. the anarchy symbol a little bit too um obviously you have dr rudy vincent playing with the smiley buttons yeah um i wanted to ask about the moment when their house has been marked and Allie and Ivy and Oz are leaving the Wiltons, and they see the mark on the house of the Wiltons, and Allie makes a decision not to tell them. That seems like a significant moment to me, and I was wondering if you had that impression too. It seemed like it was supposed to be like a watershed moment a little bit for Allie's character. Did you feel that? I agree. She decides to not let them know. Like No matter what beef they have, generally, if you notice that you have that sign on your home it's not a good thing right um Mm -hmm. and that she wouldn't tell them is interesting uh possibly like you said a pivotal moment in her character development that she is now shifting to become this much more fearful you know not hateful per se but just um ignoring uh other people's well-being for her own just to save her own butt and keep her own life going Totally. It struck me as the moment where she, you know, up till this point, even though she's not necessarily, I mean, she's been kind of a hypocrite up until this point. It's been, she hasn't been as much aware of it, it seems like, you know, Um, 
but this is the actual moment where she is making a conscious decision that she's going to think about herself first instead of thinking about other people, which is kind of transitioning a little bit to the mindset that I feel like Kai is pushing her toward. You know? Right. Instead of the traditional progressive thoughts where you're thinking about, you know, Helping others. people who are poorer than you and people who have less than you and people who are in um, positions of disadvantage to you, which is something that obviously she kind of was very conscientious of at the beginning. And yep. this is her moment where she's effectively saying i'm looking out for number one being me and my family at this point and that's all that matters and so that's kind of like her crossing over so the interesting thing is her character trajectory it's kind of made its cycle already i feel like this being the moment in episode three where is she going from here i don't know do you have any ideas about what what can continue i mean i guess more things will be revealed yeah she burned her bridge with the neighbors uh, and as we'll talk about, we I think we're it's revealed that the neighbors are part of the cult. Um, so I think we're gonna see her make more choices that just uh, maybe bring out the true reality of her character and who she is uh, behind this whole like liberal facade of I'm like, you know, I care about everyone. I'm a progressive uh, liberal, blah blah blah. <coughs> so we'll see her do some more stuff like that later on, but. Um, and I think it's really going to show, well, again, I don't know what Ivy's deal is, but it's going to show Oz, it's going to show Ivy a little bit more of uh, why they need to probably pack up and leave. Also, all right. these people are dying in this neighborhood. Why haven't you left yet? Anyway, what do, what do you think is going to happen with Allie? <laughs> well, they tried to get more, you know, build in some more security systems and stuff. They just didn't work, yeah. I guess. Um, but you're right, yeah. I think that Ivy and Oz might have the right idea to go stay in a hotel or somewhere else for a while. We'll see how long they're gone for. Um a couple more thing, or I want to talk kind of in that final stretch uh, where Ivy and Oz leave. A couple interesting things there, but before we do that, let's just talk about the Wiltons for a second and kind of leading yep. up to it. Um, I thought that man, I really think Billy Eichner's killing it. I think he is—he's good. good. I, I thought Meadow is really good, or the actress who plays Meadow is really good too. They're both good. But yeah. I, I had anticipated being a little skeptical of Billy Eichner's kind of ability to come off as kind of a creepy yeah yeah but he's he's like he's funny but he's also kind of creepy i think he does a pretty good job i don't know what do you think i love it i i mean the the, they're again this this whole satirical episode to me was brilliant and a large part of that rested on um billy eichner and um i forget her name the the actress who plays uh meadows shoulders uh especially the very shining moment of when they show up at ali's house with the sombreros on such good lines. How does it feel to be exercising your white privilege without impunity? Uh, yeah. Did you or with him? With him. She's like, like, I, and I was gonna say that when when oh, they when um, they're like, we, you know, we don't like it like the way this is happening in our neighborhood. And Allie goes, "Your neighborhood? We were here first. And then the couple goes, uh, "Tell that to the Native Americans." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a brilliant. Like, did you know it. I did twenty three and me that I'm ten percent Mexican? Yep. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, I, it makes you wonder if Kai kind of gave them assignment that they're supposed to be, you know, uh, like a fun house mirror to Allie. You know, like this is yeah. your, um, this is the kind of parody oh, that yeah. you don't recognize when you come across that way. Because uh, obviously, I don't, we, I don't know that I believe that's authentically them. It seems like they were given some kind of task involving her, right? Right. So, and especially, you know, um, a couple interesting things. Uh, Harrison being friends with the cop, 
Colton Haynes. Um, I think that Meadow makes a, 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 like says something about them potentially being in a relationship, which we oh, they, suspected yeah, the they, cop was kind of in on it. They gave googly eyes to each other, so the cop may be as well in on this too. So Colton Haynes and um, and Harrison are definitely at least about to get their F on. Yeah. So I guess we can assume that the cop is in on it, which is kind of one thing we just anticipated. That was, yeah. Um, I like that. I'll, I'll, like This cop is investigating this neighborhood, and all of a sudden he's just over for movie night at one of the neighbor's houses. That's so ridiculous. But it's I mean, also kind of like hilarious. I guess he's got to go undercover when he's going over there or something, right? Yeah. Um, and then we see you know, the two scenes of meadow and harrison doing the pinky test with kai and i don't know about you but like it it really like took me aback when kai smack excuse me when kai smacks her in the face yeah because she makes the joke about real housewives or whatever which i thought was really funny yeah it was Um, really funny but but it was also like kind of i don't know makes you feel icky you know it's well for sure it was like assault (laughs) you know yeah 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 Um, that being said if he's responsible for murders then this maybe isn't as bad but still it's it was really well but she but but meadow might be dead now we don't know i mean and that's a question i was going to ask you right do you think meadow's really dead i don't know that was really weird to me that all of a sudden harrison who like was you know married his hag or whatever he says like and then wants her dead yeah all of a sudden he's like he wants her dead like no like that was that was a big jump for me i didn't really like that i i I got i like the idea that billy eichner's character is darker like then then just like this Man, kind of fun guy sassy guy oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but like to jump from like you know yeah sometimes it's frustrating it's like 2017 homie get a divorce it's fine like you don't have to kill her um, yeah he has a boyfriend maybe some... like yeah, yeah it seems like a solid I arrangement i mean i don't yeah it's not like they have a real part. commitment that like a real solid good reason for their commitment necessarily he and he only wants to kill because he's like frustrated with his own life or sexual life and wh- whatever it is. But like, they, he's never like tried to do anything about it, as far as we know. It was just weird. Agreed. Um, I don't. But I don't I get the feeling she's, she's really dead, dead though. I, I know. Yeah, you, don't you think do. She is? I don't think so. I don't. I, I, well, I, I still sure. think it might be a set. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Ah, this is what's so frustrating about the show. I don't know who to trust in this situation. Like, what if it's a setup? What if? What if they're trying to like, you know, get Allie arrested? Uh, I, a lot of blood there's a lot of blood absolutely everywhere for him like saying he right. woke up and saw blood he right. must sleep like a fucking rock or something yeah seriously but you think she's dead alright I yeah, mean I, I don't I'd know. buy it I could buy it but mm-hmm. we'll see uh, a couple other like so while this is going on with you know Harrison and Meadow we have kind of the fun family dinner at the restaurant between um, Ivy and uh, Oz and Kai, or sorry, not Kai. <laughs> Yikes, Allie. Um, but did you notice that Allie's the only one who eats the fluorescent green ice cream that happens to be the exact same color as the gas from the truck? I this is what was also was... feeding my chemical theory too. Oh yeah, totally. That's I. I didn't even like recognize. I knew I recognized she was the one who ate it, but I didn't put it together that it could be like laced with something. Also, which makes sense. Um, also, unless it's symbolic, unless it's just symbolic, but it does seem pretty yeah. like funny that she's the only one of the three of them who eats it, and then kind of shit goes. What down. is it? It was like uh, like green tea sorbet, mint or green something. tea or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, and but then like she eats it, and then they like kind of like I thought that they kind of like kiss eat it together and that was like gross to me 
Like, you know, like if my yeah. parents did that in front of me, I'd be like, ew, you guys are gross. Don't like no, yeah. swap food back and forth in front of your kid. Yeah, Ugh. no wonder Oz is screwed up, right? <laughs> um, and then we go home and we get the, the guinea pig in the microwave, which was pretty brutal. Yep. Um, he it's was a throwback to season one. World. Yeah, it's a throwback to season one. Um, we were reminded on Facebook or email or something where um, uh, Kate Mara's character pretends to put Vivian's dog in the microwave. Um, but I it really ends up being a tomato was, yeah. that explodes or something. But obviously, we really get the. I mean, apparently, we can't do that to a dog, but we can do it to a guinea pig, which is pretty disturbing. Gross. They did it to a dog in the movie Urban Legends. Oh, that's terrible. And then there was, uh, there's a line where Oz says to Allie, like, "I wish I could say my goodbyes to you." <laughs> like, I, I know I that I laughed. I laughed out loud at that line, just like how big of a dick Oz is to. Yeah, now he's so he just doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Allie seems like a pretty self-interested. For all that she pretends to care about Ivy and right. Oz, she seems like pretty concentrated on her own fears. Right. Um, and her emotions and feelings. Uh, and then, obviously, we have the big reveal at the end where Ivy and Oz leave after... Well, okay. So they, they leave and go outside, and that's when we find out that Meadow is dead. Do you think that mm-hmm. they're still going to be living elsewhere? Are they going to come back to Allie's defense? Is that something Ivy set up, do you think? Um, I mean, someone obviously had a camera in their home. I think we can assume it was the clown crew, considering they've kind of just been hanging out in the house all the time. Right, and it was, like, the first, like, actual smart thing Ali said is, like, wait, the bigger, yes, I did this, but the bigger thing is, like, someone's putting cameras up in our home. That's crazy. And Ivy I doesn't react in a way that I would be, like, oh, my God, you're right, someone's, like, been in our house. Like, that's kind of another, that's kind of a bigger problem to me, like... Uh, well, right, and that's what almost makes you wonder if it's, I don't know, it makes me feel like, why are her priorities so... This exactly, exactly, because she doesn't care about the camera because she knows it was there or was part of the setup or something like that. So yeah, I that makes me lean toward Allie knows or sorry Ivy's in on a lot more than we think she is. Even though I still want to like her, I want her to be my person I root for. Ivy, yeah, yeah, but I don't have anyone I'm rooting yeah. for to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We have like a traditional, um, like symbol of, you know, a hero in a sense yet maybe someone will emerge i don't know we saw i don't some know more characters i was reading coming. something the other day about previous seasons and um and it was and it was like you know this so far is a little bit like um hotel where a hotel just had so many characters and so many things happening but they're not there never was really one person to root for until the end when liz taylor kind of became like the person that you really w- were rooting for yeah. mm-hmm. so I don't. I don't really feel like I'm connected with anyone to be like, yeah, like, come on, you can do it, or you'll make it through this season. Yet, I'm. True. I hope that changes. Yeah. Or I don't well, have anyone okay. that I just absolutely hate, and I want them to like just be like the most ridiculous, awful person in the world. Well, so that leads me into kind of our review phase, where before we give it a rating, who is your favorite character then at this point? <sighs> I mean, I mean, a I lot like of people still like Winter. Yeah. Winter's good. She wasn't around in this one a lot, um, mm-hmm. I, and then I do still have a, a little, a little bit of a problem. Like, why is Winter still the the nanny when she's doing like kind of an awful job? Um, but I do like Winter. She's good. If I got, I, I, I'm okay with her. I want to know. I want her a little bit more though. I think, as most people would say, she's really great, Billy Lord. Well, Winter, Winter's got to be fired as nanny after this, right? I mean, we just saw a video she, of she her. She has to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, she's with out the, with the, her elbow in the bathtub. Yeah. 
It's so weird. Um, and then, but and then the neighbors are funny. Like they're and like the way they came uh, for Allie and kind of just like dragged her through her hypocrisy was awesome. I loved it. It was great. That now this the whole new development at the end with um, Harrison maybe having killed. Uh, Meadow, I don't like that. Like, let's make them, let's keep them around a little longer, make them more fun and useful, and you know, be the mirror to Allie or whatever they're supposed to be, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's all I really care about. I mean, I, I do care. I, I like Ivy. She seems okay, but I don't have enough there to like really root for her to get the kid and get out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like. Um, I, and I, what's his name? Um, Cheyenne Brady Jackson Vincent. playing the, mm-hmm. the. Therapist. Um, therapist is uh, he's good, but I I don't know if it's like I know he's a theater actor and sometimes that doesn't translate well. So I don't know if he's playing this guy as like just kind of bland because it's we don't he doesn't want to give us anything to know if he's good or bad. Uh, and he's not playing him. I don't know. I, I just I'm not I'm not certain a lot of characters' motivations here. Obviously, it's confusing, but I think I'm only rooting for like two or three people like half-assed. What about you? Uh, well, before I go, that's fair. What would you give? How many rose? How many rose bottles are you gonna give this episode? Um, I actually want. To, I'm giving this one higher than I gave the first two because I really liked the satire. I thought it was funny. the The lines mm-hmm. were very. Um, I guess James Wong wrote wrote most of this episode, so that's great. Um, but it was funny. It was. It made. It, it was fun. I wasn't super scared, but I like a lot of the mm-hmm. direction of what happened in this episode uh, compared to the previous two. So. I'm going to give this um, three and three quarters, (laughs) 3.75 bottles of rosé. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? I agree with a lot (laughs) of what you were saying. In terms of who I'm actually rooting for, I think I'm at the point where I'm getting really frustrated with Allie. Mm -hmm. So honestly, after sitting on this episode for a few days, I feel like I've come around on it a little bit more than I initially did. I was kind of irritated with it immediately afterward because I felt like this is more the same from – Allie, we're kind of still doing. Is she gaslighted? Is she not? I right. I feel like I want more. I want more reason. I want to know why she's a target. I want to know more, more background for these different other characters. Um, but after sitting on it for a few days, I feel like I appreciate. Like I feel like that was intentional, and I appreciate that satirical element a little bit more. Um, right. I do like. The, I mean, I do have to say I enjoy the the seasons. Kind of, you know. It's more of a throwback to season one in the sense that you have the home invasion elements, um, which mm-hmm. some people are talking about on Facebook. You have, you know, everything's taking place in a neighborhood. It feels a little bit more traditional horror, even though this particular episode was not that scary, like you said. And I think that pulled it, you know, made it fall off a little bit more for me. But it does continue kind of my excitement and optimism for this season. I also wanted to note that I think Oz looks like a young Andy Dick. Uh, <laughs> that seems like the look they're going for. Um that's fine. Oh, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. A three and okay. a half. Okay. Three and a half. So, and that's a three, three and a half, but that, that third bottle, that half bottle is half full. Okay. Half full bottle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's a solid, what? Um, Seven and a quarter? You gave right? it three and a three quarter? Yeah. So not bad. I, I don't think it's the strongest episode of the ones that we've Yeah, so I think far. all our, the, these, on average, these first the three episodes for us, they're all kind of hovering around seven to seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It's like we're waiting for it to break big, but it hasn't. Yes. Like nothing. It's really like really turned us against it yet. 
Right. There are a I lot of that for pieces sure. that are placed in like cool spots for a plot and the narrative here. It's like, okay, all right, I like this. I like I like how the scene is set. Let's just kind of get going on some stuff or strengthen it up. I would say the difference between this season and some of the past seasons is that I feel like there are plot holes, but I feel like they're more intentional plot holes that are going to be filled later. Whereas right. in past seasons, I felt like there have been plot holes that they didn't think through. Right. So, right. you know, it makes me excited to see what's behind this and what the intention is behind this than I have in the past. Agreed. Um, so, previewing a little bit next episode. The episode is called Eleven Nine. Okay, I was going to say, I did not get a preview when, okay. in, the, in the, the way I watched it. So, you're going to have to fill me in on what you saw. Well, I, I did a little reading up to since we had a couple extra days. The episode is titled 11 9. Um, 11 slash 9, and it's a flashback to November 9th. So it's supposed to be like immediately after the election, and I think we're going to get more background on kind of how the cult was formed. Um, and hopefully what that means is more background on Kai, more background on Winter, and a little bit more about Harrison and um, Meadow, I believe, as well. So kind of some of the origins of the cults and where the clowns are coming from and stuff like that should be kind of interesting. We're also cool, going to good. get more Adina Porter and we're going to get Emma Roberts. And it sounds like we're going to have an interesting kind of dynamic between them um, with some speculation from a couple of different outlets that it's going to have a race element, which obviously has been very prevalent in this episode so far. Like maybe, you know, somehow Emma Roberts is exploitative and somehow, you know, she, they, her and Adina Porter career competitive, something like that. So that'll be interesting to see right. how that plays out. Um, both and good see how American Horror Story handles it because they are sometimes successful and sometimes they fobble the ball a bit. For sure. Um, but I would, I don't know. Well, how would you say they're, for handling some hot button issues this season, how would you say they're doing it? Because I kind of feel like they can definitely hit you over the head with it sometimes, but as far as this season goes, I feel like they're more deft than normal. Yeah, I think it's 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 good. I mean, so far we and it's I guess it's true to the story. We don't have a lot of people of color in the show at all because it's more about kind of putting that mirror, like you said, on the uh, the uh, hypocrisy or blasphemy of uh, white uh, elitist uh, liberals. Um, mm-hmm. But I. I I don't think I don't think we've seen enough yet for me to give a fair assessment. How about that? Uh, I think there are a few things that have tackled. It's been kind of fun, like fun, like in a like like the white neighbors accusing the white neighbors of being like shooting right. a, a Hispanic man and and mm-hmm. showing up a sombrero. I don't. Know, it's it's very satirical in the way they're they're handling race issues. Uh, and I think I think it's been successful with the satire, uh, with imagery and stuff like that. I need a, I need a little bit more to to be able to make a good deduction. I think that's fair, and I think you know I agree that the, I think the satire has been a pretty good lens so far, and it's been I th- I mean, the fact that we think it's funny I think it means that it's been the satire has been handled pretty well instead of it being like you know pedantic or something right. like that. Um, but you're right. I think the jury's still out on exactly. I think there's more to play out before we can give a final verdict. Right. Also, I think Chaz Bono Bono is going to be back next episode. I think that that character from the grocery store is going to have more of a prominent role than maybe we initially awesome. realized. That so that's kind of cool too. Um, oh, and I think there there is hints that maybe Winter killed somebody. You see Ooh. that in the preview? No, I didn't um, see it. So what, what happened? Right, you didn't see the preview. Well, I guess we don't know that it's a person, but there's a conversation between her and Kai that it's like they talk about you know. It seems like it's implied that maybe she killed someone or something. She did something pretty dastardly. 
Um, knowing this is a flashback, it'll be interesting to see what that was and what the purpose was. So maybe anyway, she likes to microwave guinea um, pigs. I bet that's she gets off on that apparently. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> weird fetishes. That seems. I mean, that would fit right in with everything else. But okay. Well, we'll be back at you guys really quick now because um, we'll have a yep. new episode tomorrow night. But we'll throw this up uh, Tuesday morning, and you guys will have it in your ears, uh, gearing up to the new episode, episode four, uh, titled Eleven Nine. Um, between now and then, Chris, where can people check you out? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. Uh, and what about you, Tyler? I'm on Twitter at TJMoss11. And uh, as always, hit us on Facebook and thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. Um, rate us, review us on iTunes. And until next time, we uh, wish you, I don't know, happy hauntings and maybe some cooler weather to come. <laughs> Bye.